Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. I'm Heather Carroll. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're your hosts this morning for Real Presence Live. Thank you for joining us. We're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's going to be a fine morning. Already a little bit warm. Yep. That's all right, though. That's could all right. be worse, right? It could be worse, Father, always. Right. So, before we get too far into our show, we've got a lot planned. Would you mind opening us up with a prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Good and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of this day and the gift of your presence in our life. We ask as well today that... Unipacera may intercede for us that he may continue to inspire people to live their lives for others, to follow you faithfully. We ask as well that your grace may come down upon all those who listen to us today, that they may be filled with your hope and your peace. We ask all this in your name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Father, thanks for having me back. Absolutely. I'm always a little leery. You might not want me back next time. No, 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 no. As long as you're coming back, that's what... So how are things going here at St. Mary's? They're great. They're great. Uh, We'll get to hear from our new associate, or parochial vicar, as we call him as well. Uh, So that means I don't have to work so hard. Yay! Yay! I'm sure my brother John (laughs) is excited for that, that I don't have to work as hard as he does. Well, whatever works for them. Right, right. <laughs> well, yeah, we're going to have Jacob Doty, Father Jacob, Jacob Doty, Doty, excuse yes. me, Father, uh, before on after Mary here. So let's get started with Mary first. Mary, good morning. Thank you for joining us in the Fargo studio. Good morning. It's great to be here. Thanks for joining us. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, uh, I work at the Diocese of Fargo. I'm the director of catechesis. I've been there for 20 years now. Wow. Um, I also work at my my own parish, which is St. Mary's Cathedral, which is actually just across the street from the studio here. Nice. And then I actually started a business on my own, gosh, five years ago now, on pilgrimages. So I take people no on kidding. pilgrimage as well, which is why the radio station, I think, keeps calling me to talk about pilgrimages. <laughs> Speaking of uh, St. Unipera uh I know we're not talking about that pilgrimage today, but it is his feast day. But that's yes. another great one out at the California Missions. They've done that yes. one a couple of times now. So yes. just plug in for a St. Unipera. <laughs> there we go. Awesome. So you have a lot of hats. I do. Yeah, I do. At my own parish, I work with the RCIA program. Okay. And then okay. Um, the diocese is, is, for the most part, it's, it's catechesis with children, teens, some adult, also RCIA okay. there. So. Yeah. Well, and this this summer, it's been really fun because we've been highlighting places around the listening area that people can take a day trip to. Oh, yeah. sure. So yeah. different uh, pilgrimage sites, shrines, basilicas that they can go and see in their own backyard that maybe they didn't even know existed. And we found right. one, right? Not... In Alexandria, but north of the interstate. Really? Yeah. And it's just this obscure little shrine. 
And so we've been diving in and finding these little gems that are forgotten across all of our oh states. Gosh. So it's been just such a joy to get to learn some of these and maybe take a weekend trip to go see these places. So we wanted Mary to share with us um, a little bit about first your love for traveling, why you enjoy exploring some of these Catholic sites. Well, I've always loved to travel. You know, my grandparents lived in Alabama, actually not too far away from uh, the shrine, uh, EWTN shrine. Yeah, so um, my parents put me on an airplane when I was 13 to go visit them by myself, and I loved it. I was like, this is great. By the time I I went every year, every summer then, to visit my grandparents. By the time I think I was 15, 16, I was like, okay, I don't need the airport people to take me to the flight. I got this already. You know, I don't know what I would have done if they would have been canceled flights and I was stuck in Charlotte. I was pretty gutsy back then. Mm -hmm. So I have been flying a lot and I have to, I know people will always say like, oh gosh, I want to go places, but I don't like to fly. Well, actually, I don't like to fly either, but I like being places. So I get on the plane and I go, you know? Yep, yep. But this, the ones we're talking about today, I actually just did, I drove, and I did my own little pilgrimage. I had heard about these places. I did some research. Uh, my mother lives in Milwaukee, so I did sort of a long way around, and I had a friend in the community of St. John, uh, Sister Michelle, that I went to go mm. visit for a couple of days. So I thought, well, I'm going to go check out all these places that I've kind of been doing a little research here and there on, and it was just wonderful. We really do have these gems that are pretty close by here in the Midwest mm-hmm. for people. So what got you started on this part of it? How did you find out about some of these gems? Where did you start your research? Uh, I did it all online. Uh, some of them I had heard about, like Trinity Heights. Um, or, you, you, or so, you know, I had drove, driven through Sioux City, and I'd see signs for it. I'm like, oh, I want to know what's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the one, There is one. And then the other time, I just was like, okay, I'm going to be in this area. And I'd Google online and find things. So one of them I found uh, was the... Passion of Christ Shrine in St. John, Indiana. This place is huge. And even along the way, I would talk to different shrine directors. They're like, oh, never heard of it. Never heard of it. It's like, either oh, am wow. I, but I'm going to go check it out. And it was great. <laughs> I loved it. I'm like, people don't know about these gems in their own backyard. Right. Did they just not advertise or like... Um, How is it that they, the word doesn't get out? I don't know. I, there's a huge sign if you're in St. John, Indiana. Okay. That's hard to right. miss. Yeah. Um, but I don't I don't know. I well. Yeah. Well, we'll yeah. do our best here then to, to get people to start looking these up. Yeah, yeah, there is a book, and we'll talk about it maybe at the end, um, but it just literally came out a couple of weeks ago. That one has the shrine in there and, and okay. among others, but yeah. Wow, that's I, I just love it. I find it fascinating. Um, so you also have an interest in sacred art, which goes hand in hand with what you're doing. It does, uh, yeah. Tell us about this. So I've... Well, my grandmother was an artist, so I've always been interested in art. Um, but I'm not an artist myself, although I did do an icon workshop. But that's not quite the same as being an artist. Um, <laughs> but I've, I love art history and how, specifically how uh, through the liturgy and through catechesis that we, the art helps us engage in our liturgy and helps us learn about our faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of where my interest is. I actually did a, my master's thesis was on catechesis and pilgrimage. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so I have an interest in art as well. And there was an art section in there, how art and architecture helps us engage in our faith and learn about our faith and and such. Yeah. Can you give us any examples of how that might work? Sure. Uh, Well, okay, so one thing is about light, so architecture and light. So in medieval Europe, even before that, they could construct their churches to for where the light would fall in. So there's a church in Vézelay, France, um, 
where they have the relics of Mary, St. Mary Magdalene. So on the pillars, they would carve different stories, basically, of uh, this one particular saint conversion. I think it was St. Eustache, as, as I remember, or something like that. Anyway, he, uh, he, he's a pagan. He runs into a stag. He's going to kill the stag, and the stag starts speaking to him. It turns out to be Jesus. So anyway, the light on his feast day hits his pillar and moves across the, the story that goes around, basically, that the light just highlights his conversion wow. story. So there's little things like that that yeah. you wouldn't notice that, no, they did that on purpose, you know? Wow. We don't put that much thought in, do no, we, No, we don't. No, there's no, yeah. yeah. We don't really think about, you know, they, they say that one of the things that changed our culture was the invention of the light bulb uh, oh. because it allowed us to now begin to do things the way we wanted to. Versus having to look and say, where does mm-hmm. the sun shine? Yeah. Uh, how does it hit? Uh, should we turn the church a little bit this way or that way? Would it make a difference? Um, yeah. You know, we don't wow. think. But it is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Beautiful. So we're talking this morning um, with Mary Hanbury from uh, the Diocese of Fargo. And she's talking about some pilgrimages that she has taken and a book that she has written. So we're just kind of discussing some local pilgrimages. Or did you... Did you write the book? I was just going to say, no, I didn't write the book. It just okay. came out a couple of oh, weeks okay. ago. As I said I that, I, I said that. I was like, you might be an expert at the book by now. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so talk to us briefly about some of the sites you visited. Sure. So, uh, I, so I started from Fargo, obviously, and I came down, and my first site was the Shrine of the Grotto of uh, Trinity Heights, Queen of Peace. So that's in Sioux City, Iowa. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's actually off a of main road. It's, the story goes is uh, Father Harold Cooper and a small group of his friends were praying a rosary. They were praying for Our Lady's intercession. They wanted to build a shrine, basically. Uh, and they built this one in the late 1980s. I don't know if, if either of you have been there or not. It's uh, 14 acres on a piece of beautiful property up on a hill with about two dozen shrines. So they, they keep adding to it as well. And I was there in the evening. So picture like the, it was a beautiful May day. The sun is setting. And basically, you walk down these paths. So you're either walking the path of the saints, or the path of the rosary, or the path of the Marian apparitions, or the pro-life path, or there's some stations on different catechesis of the popes. And uh, I could have spent more time there, and I think I was there for a couple hours. It was so peaceful. That's what I loved about it. The grounds are just immaculately beautiful. And then on one end, there's this humongous statue of Our Lady, like size of a city building. And on the other hand, there's this uh, is uh, Sacred Heart of Jesus. Again, huge, like size of a city building. And then in between are these walking paths with water, you know, grottles and different things like that. It was just, you know, you kind of wander around and you, you, it's a good place to discern, like, you know, Lord, what, are you speaking to me in this path or that path or about the saints? Or um, There's a Veterans War Memorial, too, that has pictures of different vets from the different wars, that had died during the war. I'm assuming from the local area. I, mean, I didn't really quite look to see. Anyway, so I'm walking around. It's beautiful. I'm like, gosh, more people should be here. <laughs> but then um, I was there after the gift shop closed and after this, this museum building closed. And the museum said, okay, the last carved, carved wood thing of the last supper. I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see that. So I was already staying overnight. So the next morning I came back. And actually it was um, the wood carving of the last supper that really touched me the most. You go in... It's life-size carving 
and they oh, have wow. chairs in front of it. So you feel like you're in the room of the Last Supper. Picture like Leonardo da Vinci's uh, Last Supper painting that most people are probably familiar with. And he kind of carved it just like that, basically. Mm. Um, it was it's, oh, wow. The details are beautiful. I mean, the chalice and the expressions, on it's all wood carved by a local man. And there's very few of these carved um, pieces in the world, actually. Uh, so that one probably touched me the most of like, wow, I could just stay right here, <laughs> you know? Wow. Yeah. So that's in Sioux City, you said. That's in Sioux City. So wow. from there, so I recommend Trinity Heights. Um, even if you, whatever time you have, just go, because it, it really is beautiful. It's a beautiful place just to go pray outside, actually, too. Uh, especially if you were one who can't um, sit still and, and pray, this is the place <laughs> for you. <laughs> and kids can run around. It's all great. So from there, so a lot of these are in Iowa that I'm talking about today. So I crossed over the state of Iowa, basically, and I went up to the Redemption Shrine. So this is in West Bend, Iowa. I don't know if you've heard of this one yet. The rock mm. sh- They call it the Rock Shrine. No? no? Okay. So the Shrine of the Grotto of the Redemption is a story of... Uh, a priest from Germany, actually. He uh, began this grotto in 1912. Before that, he was over in Germany. It's, he was, a, was German, basically, and he studied geology. Okay, so he came over, he immigrated to the United States, ended up in Iowa, discerned, I'm going to be called, I'm called to be a priest, he goes in the seminary, blah, blah, blah. but he was very sick right before ordination, like he had pneumonia. They didn't diagnose it at pneumonia at the time, but you know, back then, they didn't have penicillin. There's it's kind of a, you're going to die kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So he begged the, the doctor, can you please just let me go get ordained today? So he left the hospital and the doctor's like, you got to come back right afterwards. You're really sick. He gets ordained, comes back, makes a prayer to Our Lady. Oh, intercede for me and heal me. I will build you a shrine, a grotto. And so he's healed. And so he keeps his promise and he starts this, he gets an assignment in um, West Bend. It's a beautiful church there too, by the way. Uh, and starts building a shrine. Well, people start coming by and they're like, wow, this is beautiful, Father. You're using all this, this stone from the area. But he also got stone from Germany, semi-precious stones and crystals, all kinds of shells and fossils and all kinds of things in this. And then he, he puts it in concrete. So these wow. people are all there going like, this is beautiful. You need to keep building more. And so they started donating him money. And he was like... Well, there's a lot of money, I guess. I could just build another shrine and another <laughs> shrine and another shrine. So in the end, I, this took like 40-some years, this is huge complex of stone, semi-precious stone shells, like I said, materials wow. that you walk through. I mean, you walk upstairs, you walk in caves, you walk down what? pathways. It's it's bigger Amazing. than you would think. Yeah. Um, so you're looking like, it's, and then because it's the semi-precious stones, are different kinds of crystals and rocks, especially from Europe, it, it glistens in the sun. So as you're walking wow. around, it just kind of glistens. Um, that was also a beautiful place, but at, like I said, one, one little area you walk into and you look up, and it, he built a dome, like you're in a church. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, and he even a stained glass window he brought in and kind of infused it between the, the stones there. Um, that was beautiful. And then even in the dome, he's got like words that are put in little stones. Uh, find the words here. It was, uh, holy, holy Lord, God of hosts, heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Hosanna in the highest around the dome in this room. <laughs> wow. Another room, I wa- this was probably my favorite one. I walked into, and it was the house of Nazareth. So you actually walk in a house, all stone again. And, uh, Mary and Joseph are there. Mary's holding a mixing bowl, and Joseph is holding his tools of his trays. And there's a fireplace there. And Jesus is sitting there with a scroll that says, follow me. 
that thought Aww. that was a great place just to sit and kind of like meditate too especially because of just of the hidden life like follow me even in the hidden life yeah, yeah. Like, oh that's great the church next door again beautiful architecture i spent a, a while in there too it's just it's kind of one of those churches where it's like wow that they have a lot of ornate detail but it's not over the top they did mm-hmm. it really well whoever did mm-hmm. that church well, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Marie Hanbury this morning. She's with the Diocese of Fargo, and she's telling us about a pilgrimage, a local pilgrimage that she has taken. Uh, Mary, tell us again the site of the second location that you were just describing. So right now, I was just describing the Shrine of the Redemption. It's in West Bend, Iowa. So basically, it's in the middle of Iowa and a little bit towards the north. All right. Mary, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have more from you and your and yes. your pilgrimage and adventures. So stay with us. More Real Presence Live right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision provides eye exams for the whole family and specialty services like vision therapy and custom contact lenses. We offer a variety of frames with missions you can believe in, like Moto Eyewear, which gives away a pair of glasses to a child in need for every frame sold. We are so grateful for your support and grateful to be supporting RPR. You can learn more about our mission at lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud sponsor of the Real Presence Radio Network. weeks old. My eyes can move all around now, and my eyebrows have grown in. Do you remember the surprise I started working on in week eight? You can definitely see if I'm a Christopher or a Christine now, if you take a peek. And since we're talking about names, we need to discuss your name ideas. Remember, my ears are fully formed. You're not the one who have to spell it the rest of your life. Ringling Mom, I'm the size of a bell pepper this week. Written by Allison Updahl. Taking what you experience on Sunday in church and applying it on Monday at work can be a challenge. This year's Faith and Business Conference will help you learn how to take faith principles and integrate them into the workplace. This year's featured speaker is Super Bowl champion and former Minnesota Viking, Matt Burke. Join us on Thursday, August 19th at the Convention Center in Sioux Falls. For more information and to purchase tickets, go to faithandbusinessconference.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back. I'm Heather Caro. And I'm Father Paul Rutten. And we're broadcasting today from St. Mary's Parish here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Thank you for joining us. We are on the phone or through the lines. I don't know. Mary's up in our Fargo studio. We're down here in Sioux Falls. Thanks, Mary, for joining us. Uh, You were discussing a trip you took. Um, We've had a little special local programming during Real Presence Live where we've been um, 
sprinkling in some pilgrimage sites that are close to home for some of our listeners so that you can maybe make a day trip or when you're traveling to go somewhere fun, you might be able to stop at one of these places along the way. Um, so you were just sharing with us, Mary, about uh, the second location that you had stopped at, and that was which one? That was the Grotto of the Redemption, West Bend, Iowa. West Bend, Iowa. So then where did you go after that? So after that, and this one, I, you know, I just went online and thought, is there any places churches to stop at before I get to Dubuque? That's where I was staying overnight. Um, and I came across this basilica in Dyersville, Iowa. And I was like, a basilica? Hmm. What is Dyersville? Like this little, right. it's a small little town 30 minutes outside of Dubuque. So I'm like, all right, here I go. And actually, that's the picture I saw you guys used on the website to announce what was coming today. I'm like, okay. oh, they found a picture of Dyersville. It's, it's the Basilica of St. Francis Xavier. You see the towers from out, you know, from the highways. This place is huge. It's a beautiful American Gothic church. Um, you get there and they, the locals actually take turns in the basilica kind of just showing people or just being present wow. because so many people stop by to see this place. And how big of a town is it in? Uh, I have no idea the town. I would just say small town. Okay. Like your local wow. Iowa small town picture. That <laughs> I don't know. Um, this church was built in 1887. It was named a basilica in 1956. Uh, there's no particular reason why it was named a basilica other than they built this big church and petitioned the Holy Father, the Holy See, to be named a sure. basilica, and they got it. But, the, you know, sometimes we, we think of pilgrimage as going to a specific shrine, or there's a saint there, and sometimes we just need to stop at our beautiful American churches. This yeah. gem is in the middle of nowhere, not that Iowa's not nowhere, but you know what I mean? But, it's not in a, in a huge city. Yeah, right. and it's beautiful. Just beautiful as I was walking around and noticing, you know, first of all, the towers, I went and looked on the website, the towers are 200, uh, 212 feet high outside, the two spears, and then they have gold leaf on crosses on top of those, and the crosses themselves are 14 wow. feet high and six feet wide. Wow. Inside, there are 64 stained glass windows. The beautiful, exquisite detail and the craftsmanship all over this place. Yeah. It's just beautiful. And, you know, when I was walking through, um, just noticing how beautiful just, this basilica is, I was reminded of um, back, with, in, back in the Old Testament, you know, when, when um, God gave instructions to Moses as to how to build the tabernacle. And I don't know if you've ever, people have ever read this chapter, but it's very detailed. Mm -hmm. What, you know, put the gold cherubim on the side, how they should, their wings should be pointed up and this very detailed. And mm -hmm. I, I was just pondering that as I walked through of like, you know, God gave us the instructions of how to build the house, the tabernacle where he would dwell. It was very specific in, in those details. And ever since the beginning of the, of the church being founded, the churches have all had these beautiful, you know, buildings where you walked in and you knew this is, there's something different here. You know, I walked in and I can yeah. feel this, this presence, this awness. And God meant it that way. There, is, there should be a churchiness about our buildings. And some of these, these American um, Gothic cathedrals, I felt it when I walked in this place. Like, there's something different here. It's beautiful. It's awe-stricken, you know? Mm -hmm. I just loved it. Well, and I love how you're talking about that because... So many times people are like, why do you spend all that money on the churches? Mm -hmm. and, da, 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 da. and it's yeah. like, because God lives there. Right. <laughs> you know? right. God is dwelling in there. <laughs> Wish I could do more. Yeah, and you want people to be inspired, too. Yeah, you do. Like, yeah. you, you want us to stop and, and really 
step out of everything we're in the midst of and think of heaven and mm -hmm. the glory and just, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah so it's but and, beautiful. You know, in here, I work with RCIA for the last 20 years at St. Mary's Cathedral here in Fargo, and a lot of the people have told us that they've, they just walked into the cathedral and they just felt this, like something's different here. And yeah. they knew instinctively not to go up to the sanctuary area. They knew that was holy ground, even without somebody telling them. So the church architecture in itself kind of led to like teaching of like what to do and what not to do kind of thing. They knew there was something holy up there. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. like I said, that's how our, our churches really should be. Absolutely. So this was a beauty. I highly recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a beauty. I pulled up a picture of it on our um, whiteboard here, and it's gorgeous, mm -hmm. holy buckets. So The detail in that church is phenomenal. Once again, tell us where that one was located. That's in Dyersville, Iowa. So it's just 30 minutes outside of Dubuque. Dubuque. Okay. All right. Then what was next on? You spent the night in Dubuque. I did. I wanted to see their cathedral. It was uh, St. Raphael Cathedral, which actually is a different show because that one... Um, the cathedral there was built, or partially built, by uh, Venerable Samuel Motz Kelly, and I had done a pilgrimage on his site uh, about him. He's from Wisconsin and buried in Wisconsin. He was an architect, and he built all these churches. Oh. But anyway, I did. That was a beautiful church too. It was a, a different um, rod screen or wood screen in front that was all carved wood. That was beautiful. Um, but the other sites in Dubuque were closed the day I was there, so I. They don't have, like, shrines, but they had some other sites I did want to uh, check sure. out. But from there, I went down to Peoria. And I don't know if people are familiar with who is now buried in Peoria in the cathedral there. Is he really? Or yeah, is it's still venerable. under debate? No, he got moved. Oh, he did. He All did right. at 4.30 okay. in the morning. <laughs> really? Yeah. But they didn't want the press there. 4.30 in the morning, venerable Fulton Sheen was moved from the crypt in the cathedral in, in New York to Peoria, where he was wow. born. So I want to. That was I, so top secret. I yeah. didn't even know about it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. no, he didn't get moved yet. He did. New York lost the court case several <laughs> times, actually. <laughs> so I went to go. I did see him in New York and I, I came down to Peoria. And that was fun because I, uh, well, I came into that cathedral and they had two ladies sitting at a little table right as the entryway, uh, ready to welcome pilgrims. They are so excited about pilgrims coming there. Sure. And I was the only one there that day, but. They were pretty excited to see me, you know. Um, and again, he, uh, he's buried in a side chapel pretty much as you walk in the door. There's Our Lady of Perpetual Help icon is above him. He has a devotion to Our Lady. Uh, his tomb's right there. So I said, I prayed and said, hi, you know, I saw you in Newark. Now you're here. This is nope. great, you know. <laughs> I prayed about my pilgrimage. Hey, yeah. um, but anyway, that church, that church is beautiful too. One thing, the two things that struck me. So there's, uh, the church has deep blue stained glass window. And I, uh, there's a church in France like this, Our Lady of Pont-Mont, France, where if you use the, the deep blue in the stained glass windows, when the sun comes through, it illuminates blue light in the church. So it makes it glow. Oh. And this church had it. So um, even with the sun, I think it was kind of cloudy that day, but even with that, there was this blue glow up at the front. That was really cool. And I know with that church in France, um, Our Lady of Pont-Mont was an, uh, a Marian apparition, by the way. She, when the sun came through, when I was walking through, it was like a cloud of blue cloudness <laughs> that I was like moving the waters to walk through. I'm like, this is dazzling. It's beautiful. It was, that was an awestruck church. I've never seen anything like it until I got to that cathedral where I saw the blue light again, that deep blue stained glass window. Um, and it, the other thing about that church is, is the stained glass, again, it's a big, beautiful American Gothic cathedral, but the stained glass windows are very interesting. They have, um, 
windows around the church, but it's about the spreading of the gospel. And so it starts with the first one of the Great Commission. It actually has the Holy Spirit, and it says, go and make disciples. And then as you walk, it's like a catechetical walk of how did the faith get to me, basically. And the next window will be the apostles in Rome and in Spain. So St. James was in Spain. Then the next one, you go to Augustine and Constantine. Constantine is the one who had the Edict of Milan in 313. Christianity is now legal. can now practice our faith out in the open. The next one, we get to St. Patrick. And some of the other saints that start to evangelize Europe and bring the faith to the rest of Europe, like Germany and the Netherlands and, and Ireland. And then we get to the Americas, where they have uh, Father Marquette. So Jacques Marquette, he's more well-known in Wisconsin, Illinois area. Uh, he's a Jesuit who brought the faith uh, to that area. And then it kind of then moves west, and then they had a window of St. Unipera Sierra for the faith coming, coming to the west. So I thought that was really cool. That is very cool. So you went to many different, we're running out of time, and so we have to just mm. kind of wrap up. So Mary, you got to go on so many pilgrimages just right outside our back door. Do you have a recommendation on how people can also do this? Well, there's a book. It just came out. It's called The Monuments, Marvels, and Miracles, A Traveler's Guide to America by Marian Amberg. And all of these are in there, including the last one I'm just going to mention, St. John. The Passion of Christ Shrine is totally cool. Mm. Life-size sculptures that you can walk around, be with, sit with. Wow. I loved it. It seems a little cheesy when I saw it on the internet, but it wasn't. The music in the background when I was walking through, I could have spent a lot more time there, too. Wow. And it's south of Chicago, but it's in a small town, so you're not like in the middle of Chicago kind of thing. Sure. It's easy to get to. Sure. All right. Name of that book one more time. Uh, Monuments, Marvels, and Miracles, A Traveler's Traveler's Guide to Catholic America. You can get it on Amazon. It was in all the gift shops and just came out. I'm going to have to get that one. So it's all United States. You just pick your state and a great map of like where to go and little things on it. And so very easy to use too. Wow. All right. Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Always a pleasure. You're welcome. All right. Any last thoughts or words before we let you go? Uh, No, just I'm hoping people get out there and, and see the different gems in their states. Or, or if you're planning a vacation, pick up the book and say, hey, is there a shrine close by, a neat church or whatever? Yes, perfect. So, yeah. All right. Thanks, Mary. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, Father Paul. There we go. That's Man, exciting. Makes, makes me want to travel. I know. <laughs> I know. Me too. But you have a new person that you need to mentor. Yes. So we're going to talk with him next when we come back from this break. Father Jacob Doty, just on the other side of this break, he is newly assigned here as Father Paul's associate pastor at St. Mary's Parish. So we're going to hear about how his first day is going. Yes. Because it literally is his first day. Right. So more of that when we get back right after this. Live. Live. Engaging. And local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 